Do you hear the story of the prodigal son and relate a little too much to feeling like there is no way back? What if we thought about the covenant path being something exciting? Hi, and welcome to Magnify. We are a podcast that helps keep general conference top of mind without adding to your to-do list. I'm your host, Katherine Davis, a mom, a seminary teacher, and a big football fan who loves God. And I am so excited to learn and be inspired with you. We know life is busy, and we are here to lighten the load by bringing you weekly spiritual reminders that will leave you feeling a little bit better than before. Magnify contributor Christy Brazau is here to discuss Elder Uchtdorf's recent general conference address, The Prodigal and the Road that Leads Home. Christy's busy schedule with her four children, as well as assistant professor duties, has led her to some interesting spiritual reminders. And I'm excited to chat with her today about all those reminders. Christy, first of all, I'm so grateful that you are finding some time in, I know, a very busy schedule to spend a few moments with us. Well, thank you too. I know things are busy on your end. This has been a real blessing for me. It's great to have something in my thoughts all day or something to turn my thoughts to that's positive. And um, I, I've just been really looking forward to it. And question for you, how's the semester shaping up for you? Well, we're getting to the end. <laughs> I was just saying it's, it's been quite quite an overwhelming semester, to be honest, because I have a lot of students and a lot of the professors are have taken on some extra loads, but it's week 12 and we have 16 weeks in the semester. So I think I can make it. <laughs> so you're almost there. We're, I'm, I'm almost there. I'm almost there and I'm excited. I'm even looking forward now to the next semester and I'm praying that things will calm down a bit. I think they will because I'll have five classes instead of seven. Five is usually the, the load. So seven is kind of... Uh, mm-hmm tipping us all over a bit, but I'm grateful. I'm not complaining at all. And Heavenly Father has given me numerous, numerous miracles <laughs> when it comes to this, because I, I mean, I, ever since I was in, in college at BYU, I'm going to keep the Sabbath day holy. I'm not going to do any work on Sunday, no matter how overwhelming it gets. And I've been doing that. And so I wake up on Monday morning and my Mine is just flooded with all these ideas on what to do, on how to teach it. So there have been miracles after miracles this semester. I'm grateful, though. Well, I love that you said that this talk and preparing for this has given you something to think about and hold on to. And I think that's the power of continuing to study the general conference talks because it gives us something to hold on to and think about and and meditate on and gives opportunities for God to let us know even more about what we need to learn and what we need to know. And as we get into this discussion, you have some really great spiritual reminders from this talk. And the first that you shared is that Heavenly Father's love is everlasting. So can you tell me why this message from this talk was so meaningful for you? Yes, definitely. So what stood out was when he said, perhaps some may have wondered, is it even possible to go back 
Will I be labeled forever, rejected and avoided by my former friends? Is it better to just stay lost? How will God react if I try to return? And it says, this parable gives us the answer. Heavenly Father will run to us. So that's how I thought. His, his love is everlasting. His love was there before we entered on the covenant path. His love is there while we're on the path. And his love is there when we veer off the path. And we know that is true because if we believe in Jesus Christ, we believe that he is who he is, then we believe his words. Jesus gave us the answer that Heavenly Father will run to us. So that's where that thought came from. His love is everlasting. No matter what choices we make, it'll always be there. He loved us first and he loves us still. Chrissy, what if we feel that we don't deserve his love, much like the prodigal son? What if we feel that we don't deserve his love? Yeah. Well, that's why we have Christ, because Jesus Christ is there for us to use the atonement. And if we use that gift that's there, then it can wipe away that feeling that we don't deserve his love. That's a lie. It's just a flat out lie that comes from Satan. Because whether we feel like we deserve it or not, it'll always be there. Well, and I think that's some of the power of this parable. And especially as we look at this whole chapter in the New Testament as a whole, like right after each other, the Lord gives us three parables, right? Of things that are lost. The parable of the coin, the parable of the sheep, and the parable of the prodigal son. And and for me, as I look at each one of these parables, it says a lot about how far God will go to gather his children, right? Like the parable of the coin, the coins have no choice. And sometimes we're born into circumstances or situations where there's no choice. Um, we don't hear about the gospel or, or we're not planted in a area where we can understand or, or learn about the gospel. And then you have the parable of the sheep, which, you know, sheep are dumb. They make dumb choices. They make mistakes. They're young. They're learning. And then you have the parable of the prodigal son, which is a parable of how far will God go to gather his children when they make mistakes, when they willingly rebel. And I love that Elder Uchtdorf is talking about this specific parable because he chose to leave. He made these choices. And of course, there are going to be times where we feel like we don't deserve his love because we don't make the right choices. But it teaches us no matter as, as far as we wander is as far as he'll go to get us. And that's to the ends of the earth. Right. And, and I love how you said that the, even if we don't deserve it, we have it. Well, you know, we just need to cut those lies. Just, just cut them out. And I love it in this parable because when he comes, he comes to his father and he's saying, I'm undeserving. I can no longer be called your son. It's almost like the father just cuts him off. He, he can't even get out all his words of I'm undeserving. He just cuts it off. And he says, you know, let's kill the pad of cow. Let's put a ring on his finger and let's give him a coat to put on. And so just like this, this father kind of cuts off his son in the middle of that type of talking. We can cut out that type of thinking, just cut it out because it's not true. 
And so we we have our message from our prophet saying to things celestial, we can cut out those things. I'm undeserving of Heavenly Father's love. Those things don't go together. We can cut that out. We can turn our thoughts to something else. So yes, I, I need to repent. We can turn our thoughts to that. But Heavenly Father loves all his children. That will never change. It'll never change. And I think that is so much of the beauty and power in this parable is that the prodigal son doesn't have to earn the father's love. He has it. Regardless of choices, regardless of decisions, the love is always there. Yes. It was always there for him. It was always there for his brother who chose to stay. Mm-hmm. That bountiful love yeah. for them. So the love the heavenly father has for the, his, the prodigal son is not less than the love that he have for the brother who decides to stay and help. It's all bountiful. Neither one is diminished. And sometimes we are the prodigal and sometimes we are the brother and we still have the love hmm. that's there. Bountiful love. So Christy, when have you felt God's bountiful love in your life? I think I felt it the most when I have prayed to resist temptation, I felt it the most when I felt the most ashamed and, and scared and praying, even though I'm not sure how heavenly father feels about me at this moment. That's when I felt his love because I've grown accustomed now to praying and waiting to receive answers so I'll pray and I'll say, okay, I will get an answer from this prayer about five or 10 years from now. That's just how I put it in my mind because usually I have to wait. But when I've prayed and said, I am really struggling and I'm facing this, I want to stay on the covenant path, but this is a temptation that I'm facing. An answer to those prayers have come immediately. It's like the child's prayer when the child is praying to find something and then they find it immediately because Heaven's Father is talking to them and Develop, help him develop their testimony. Now, as an adult, when I go to him in those deep, sad moments, that's when I feel his love the most. And it's his bountiful love that I feel at that time. So I was actually just having a discussion with a really good friend who is going through a hard time and struggling. And, and we were talking about feeling God's love. And how God's love is always there. And she said to me, she's like, Catherine, I don't know how to feel it. How does God's love feel for you? It feels like peace. Mm. So there are times, I'll be honest with you, when I'm on my knees and I'm pouring out my heart and I'm praying, praying so hard about something and I've fallen asleep right there on my knees, (laughs) I've fallen asleep into a peaceful sleep and I'll wake up and it's three o'clock in the morning and I was on my knees. So that's what it feels like. Mm. Just uh, this overwhelming sense of peace. And I think that is what's important for us is to be able to recognize his love in our lives. For some, it might be peace. For some, it might be a feeling of joy or an answered prayer or a friend calling, or there are so many ways to feel of God's love that we try and sometimes limit that, or we say that can't be his love. 
but it's important to recognize how, like how you yourself individually can feel God's love and recognize that he is, he is extending that love in bountiful ways. No, I didn't know either how to feel his love. So I started asking Heavenly Father questions that I didn't ask before. And those questions were things like, how can I feel your love for me? What does your love for me feel like? And I never thought to ask that before. (laughs) So that's how I know for certain that it is peace for me. And then I will ask things like, can you please give me the desire to pray more about this? So questions I never thought to ask, but he will answer questions that will help you stay close to him. And if you don't necessarily have the desire or even if you... You, you can't understand. I want to feel your love for me, but I don't know how. Can you show me? Can you teach me what that feels like? And when he is the teacher, it's for certain. The answer is certain. And, you know, then there's no doubt. And then who comes and confirms it? Jesus Christ, to the Prince of Peace. That's such an, a beautiful place to start is to ask to help feel and help to recognize his love with the prodigal son. Like we can easily see what the love was. It was the coat. It was the ring. It was the shoes. It was like, let's kill the fatted calf and throw a party. But for us, we might need to ask. We might need to ask, can I feel your love? How can I feel it? Can you help me recognize it? And with the prodigal son, in the way that Jesus tells the story, we don't really know his reaction to everything he was given, these gifts that were lavished on him. Did he feel love through that? Did he feel uncertain or undeserved? And then his his own brother didn't welcome him back with open arms. Maybe is that what he really needed in addition to everything? Was that hug and that welcome back from, from his brother too? Such good questions. And I think that really leads us into your next point where we can discuss both of those reactions. But your next point is that the covenant path is exciting. And I love the emphasis here. So what do you mean by that the path is exciting? The path is exciting because of what comes at the end. The path itself is going to have some troubles. It's going to have grief. It's going to have sorrow. There will be some sadness on this path, but if our eye is on the end and what is that going to be? There's nothing else that's more exciting than being on this path because if we're on any other paths, the end will lead to destruction. The end will lead to happiness, but it's not everlasting happiness too. But if we're on a path, even though there are ups and downs on the path, but we know what's at the end, that's exciting. I'm going to go ahead and stay on this path that I'm on. So this is kind of almost getting into my next point, but we get to rejoice with angels on this path. We don't get that on other paths. So I think that's what makes it exciting. Mainly everything that we work for and everything we're going towards on this covenant path will lead to this exciting thing at the end. And there's nothing else like it. Yeah. And Elder Uchtdorf actually says this. He says, though choices may have taken you far away from the Savior and his church, the master healer stands at the road that leads home, welcoming you. And 
And we, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ, seek to follow his example and embrace you as our brothers and sisters, as our friends. We rejoice and celebrate with you. Yes. I love that idea of that. It's exciting because of that embrace at the end. Yes. And there are there are days where that is the image that I try and picture in my mind as you struggle through or there are hard or lonely times. I, I, that image of the prodigal son, but me instead of the prodigal son in that embrace and how tender that embrace was. I, I love the knowledge that the father was looking for him and he runs out to meet him. Yes. And I just imagine him picking up his robes and, and running through the field to greet his son and, and his son in his first response was probably like, I'm so sorry. And can you forgive me? Or I'll just be a servant. And just the arms of the father wrapped around him. Yes. It's the father just, uh, it's like, he didn't even hear what his son was saying about, I'm not worthy to be your son. No, you're my mm-hmm. son. And he embraced him. And I love that too, that he, he ran to him. Also, so even when we are on our way back, we're not even all the way there yet. Heavenly Father will come to us. So if we're veered off the path and we're trying to come back, then He will run to us before we've even all gotten back already. It's amazing, and then He'll help us along the way. So you mentioned the other brother, the older brother. Can we just talk about him for just a moment? When you say that the covenant path is exciting. Do you think for the older brother at that moment, he's like, this is exciting for me, or is it way more exciting for him? Like Elder Elder Uchtdorf called that emotional baggage, that resentment or that uncertainty. But how, how would that be exciting for the other brother? Just like his brother, and he needed to just cut off those thoughts of I'm not worthy. There are some thoughts that he just needs to cut out, you know? And, and realize there's some things that he didn't realize. And honestly, this is the first time I spent so much time studying this brother, too. And he didn't realize first why he was doing what he was doing. Because he says, never once have I refused to do a single thing that you asked. Yet in all this time, you never celebrated me. So it made me stop and think, what is it that, why am I doing this? Why am I serving in my calling? Why am I doing this? Is it because I want to be celebrated or is it because I want to honor my heavenly father? And if we're trying to be like Jesus Christ, is it because I want the recognition? Right, right. Do we want the recognition for all the good that we're doing? But if we're trying to be like Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ did everything to honor his father in heaven, then that's, that should be the motivation and the drive behind what we do too. Maybe he was doing things but didn't realize why. He didn't have that exact why behind it. And then mm-hmm. he didn't realize everything that he had already. He already had everything. The only thing he didn't have really was his brother, which was a chance for him to rejoice. And then with the celebration, and I read this in Elder no, Elder Holland's talk when he talked about the other prodigal son. He said that... <laughs> He was just so upset that everyone was so happy about it that he came back and everyone was celebrating this brother. 
And as I thought about that, I thought that maybe everyone was celebrating for him too. Maybe he thought he was excluded from that celebration, but he was also a part of that celebration because, wow, we're happy. We're happy your brother came back. We're happy for you too. That's exciting for you. Your brother's back. The family is whole now. He thought he was excluded from that celebration, but he was also being celebrated. Look, you have your brother back. And though he had a big role to play. That's what stood out to me the most when I was studying this. The brother didn't realize the role that he had in welcoming his brother back. Because he was the only one who could welcome a brother that's what was missing from the prodigal sons was the welcome from his brother. No one else could fill that role of a brother welcoming a brother back. The father lost a son, the servants lost friends, but he was the only one who lost a brother. And the, the excitement that was missed out on just because of the things that he didn't realize at the time. And I understand his feelings, why he felt that way, why he felt left out. But maybe looking at it from a different perspective, he could see that he's been celebrated the whole time. And there was, there was an extra celebration there that was also for him hmm. too, not just for his brother. So have you ever felt that? Have you ever felt that others have helped you find the excitement about the covenant path? Oh, definitely. Definitely. My friends who show faith in everything make me excited about the covenant path. Something doesn't work out. Oh, I know Heavenly Father has his hand in. That's how they'll speak. Heavenly Father has his hand in it and then it'll work out. And that gives me faith and that gives me excitement about staying on the covenant path. Well, I think that definitely that excitement about the covenant path definitely leads into your final reminder, which is I can rejoice with angels. You mentioned that earlier, but what specifically about this message inspired that reminder for you? It was when he said, but I bear witness that the moment you decide to return and walk in the way of our Savior and Redeemer, his power will enter your life and transform it. Angels in heaven will rejoice. So that if the angels in heaven are rejoicing, I'm rejoicing too. We're rejoicing together in that he talked about, so will we rejoice, your family in Christ, because we know what it's like to be a prodigal. And so I know that I'm rejoicing with my brothers and sisters here, but that was that aha moment for me. I didn't realize that I'm also rejoicing with angels, too, when someone comes back to the path. That made me happy, it made me excited, because what do angels do when they rejoice? I'm thinking music, happiness. I love being a part of all of that. Well, I'm sure, Christy, that the thought of like rejoicing with music and song speaks to your heart. Yes, definitely. Yes, it does. And what are some ways that you feel that you can be an angel to someone who might need to find the covenant path? I think by sharing my story with them in a way to let them know that my choice to stay on the covenant path doesn't mean that I don't have temptations. I want to rejoice with others on this path too, and we can do it together. I love the idea of people helping others stay on the covenant path. We need each other. How can we help others 
stay on the covenant path? What does that look like? That looks like listening, um, definitely being non-judgmental towards whatever they're going through. A lot of times veering off Mm -hmm. the covenant path is because people feel ashamed. So just showing love the best way we can unconditionally, the way Heavenly Father showed it. Have you ever experienced someone sharing that or doing that for you? Yes, I have. I've received text messages from ministering sisters just out of the blue about, would you like help with this? Or can I help with that? These were people who acted on promptings from the Holy Spirit that they received and and reached out and didn't necessarily know what I was going through, but they listened to the Spirit and reached out. It's in the small and simple ways that helped me to stay on the covenant path. There was one time in one day when I received a text message from a ministering sister, a call from my mom and a call from a best friend, all on the same day, and they were all asking the same questions. So that's the way that I felt Heavenly Father's love. And that's a way of saying, I have people there for you. I have some angels there on earth that will help you to stay on the covenant path. Yeah. And, and I, Elder Holland talks about that idea that there are angels on both sides of the veil, right? That there are angels on this side of the veil to help us stay on the covenant path. And then there are angels on the other side of the veil to help us stay on the covenant path. And in fact, he says this, Elder Holland, which I love in the gospel of Jesus Christ, you have help from both sides of the veils and you must never forget that. When disappointment and discouragement strike, you remember and never forget that if our eyes could be opened, we would see horses and chariots of fire as far as the eye can see riding at reckless speed to come to our protection. I don't know that image of angels and chariots of fire at reckless speed. What does reckless speed look like for an angel? Like how fast is that? And that idea that they're coming with reckless speed and they're going to cheer us on and come to our aid and help us. Have you ever felt the power of heaven and its angels cheering you on, Christy? Definitely. Definitely. Through through my teaching, that's how I felt it the most now where I'm walking to class and I don't even know how to approach this subject. And I have, I'm walking to class and sometimes I can actually feel their support as I'm going. I'm definitely going on faith. I don't know if this will work, but I'm going to go ahead and go to class and present this lesson. And in my mind, I'm thinking, Heavenly Father, they're all your children. So just give me inspiration and help me know what to say and what to do. And I go there and really I'm at a secular school, but the Holy Spirit takes over. And becomes a teacher. And that's how I know I have help that is beyond this earth. And then the students themselves, too, with what they bring to class and how they are willing to contribute. And that way they're helping me. So I have angels all around me. And I I love the challenge from Elder Holland in 2010. He said, ask for angels to help you. And like you said earlier about asking God to help us feel his love, I had never thought of doing that before, of asking for angels to help and to dispatch angels. And it has changed my prayers. 
It has changed my understanding and particularly in the last two years. Sorry. (laughs) It has changed the way I have pleaded and asked for help for angels to cheer and strengthen and help me and my children, especially as my parents have passed. And, and I think about angels cheering and I am sure when my son got his mission call that my dad was in the front of the line with a trumpet or I don't know what, but cheering and hollering and I, that's what I imagine as some added assistance. And then when there are hard times with my children and, and my son on his mission going through a hard, a hard circumstance or my daughter in Israel, I can pray for angels to be with them and be assured that the promise that God will send them is real at reckless speed. That's no less. Like, I love that thought. I love that too. I love how you said to dispatch angels. (laughs) I like that. Yeah, I think there's a lot that we can ask for that we don't. And I loved how you just said that earlier. Like, ask for help to feel his love. Ask for knowledge and understanding to recognize his love. And then ask for angels to help cheer on this side of the veil and on the other side of the veil. That's wonderful. Such a blessing. So Christy, as we wrap up this episode, we always love to extend a small and simple challenge from our conversation today. So what is your small and simple challenge from your spiritual reminders about the prodigal son and the covenant path? Okay. What I've learned and something I want to share is to count your blessings and share them. That's what I would leave. That's what I thought of, especially as I was studying about the brother and about all these things that I that came to me on things that he didn't realize. Hmm. So count your blessings and share them. I kind of had another one too. And that was to ask Heavenly Father to teach you how he shows his love for you. I think we all can be taught because I think he's sharing his love in ways that we don't recognize and we don't see. What would change in your life, Christy, if you could honestly feel that love more consistently? I think I will be able to share it more. So good. Christy, thank you so much. And I'd love to continue this conversation. Wonderful. So I would love to hear from everyone. I would love to hear how you prayed for Heavenly Father and asked Him to show His love towards you. And what did you get? What were your answers? How did you feel this love? Me too. I'm so excited, Christy, to hear from everybody else. So join us over on Instagram at Magnify Community. And let's keep this conversation going.